You're listening to the Co-op Book Podcast. It's my pleasure to welcome Stan Grant to the Co-op Chat. Hello, Stan. Good to be here. Now, Stan, you've had a uh, multifaceted career as a journalist across different roles, channels and mediums. Yeah. How did you become a uh, viral internet sensation without cats? And without even, <laughs> without even trying. <laughs> I wasn't even aware of that. I didn't anticipate that at all. That's completely out of my hands. You know, you're talking here about a speech that I gave as part of a debate into racism in Australia. And I just simply spoke about our history. I told the story that I was brought up with. I told the story that Aboriginal people have been telling for years in this country. I didn't anticipate that reaction. It was completely accidental. Um, It's a lot to live up to. There's a big obligation now to those words. And having published a book now, there's a big obligation to being able to go out there and and, and answer those questions and and be able to speak about these issues. But I didn't anticipate it at all. It would have been easier if I did cat tricks because I would have known that it was going to be always going to be coming. Well, so you you started out with the article in The Guardian Mm. and then the speech. Mm. So how did that turn into a book? Well, everything disconnected, really. I mean, I, I wrote about the Adam Goods issue for The Guardian and, you know, write many different articles around the issue of race and Indigenous affairs for The Guardian. I was approached as a result of those articles to write a book talking about what it is to live with the weight of history in Australia, what it is to be an Aboriginal person in Australia, how we live with that experience. Um, and, and then I was approached to do the, um, the speech, the, the, the debate, the racism debate for the BBC through the Ethics Centre. So all of these things were sort of not really connected, they sort of disconnected in a lot of ways, but they've all come together as a whole. But it was no, it was no, none of it was planned. Uh, look, it's the amazing world that we live in, but why do you think the speech and the, you know, the article resonated with so many people? I didn't... Look, I wish I could say why. I, I've, I've got no idea. I've got, I, I've got thoughts as to what may have contributed to it, um, I think the the Adam Goods issue, the booing issue, made it front and centre for people in Australia. People couldn't look away from that. It was sport. It was where we live. It's where our mythology is. It's it's where our identity is connected. So suddenly this wasn't on the front page of the newspaper. It was on the back page. It was in the grandstands. It was on the hills. People were talking about it. So I think that created a level of awareness. I gave, I wrote the articles, gave the speech off the back of that, um, the speech was released on Australia Day, which is a time when we start to ask questions about who we are. The book came out a couple of weeks after that. So it, it, there was a, the constellation of sort of forces aligned here to put me where I am, but I couldn't have, have anticipated it, and I don't really know what is driving it. OK, well, let's talk about the Adam Goods issue, if, if you can call it that. Yeah, what why did people boo? What, what's your theory? Why? Because I still can't. I still don't understand why. I was, you know, but I'm oh, a Sydney supporter. Well, I, I, I look. I'm not going to get into their hearts and heads, mm-hmm. but we can draw a line. Adam Goods was booed. Adam Goods was racially taunted by a 13-year-old girl who called him an ape. He called that out. He made a stand against racism. He was appointed Australian of the Year. He gave speeches about racism and reconciliation in Australia. Australians 
don't like Aboriginal people reminding them of their history. They don't necessarily like Aboriginal people standing up and speaking out about these things. It makes people uncomfortable. A sports person, even more so. This is someone, kick a football, Adam, don't tell us about politics. He was seen, you know, to get too big for his boots, basically. Um, And then we saw the boos starting. So you can't say that that's not connected to that timeline. It's born out of that history. It's born out of those events. Racism was most definitely a factor. And every thinking person would acknowledge that. Not the only factor. Other people just piled in because it was a herd mentality. Other people didn't like him because of the way he played football. But you cannot separate race and that timeline from from, from the booing of Adam. Can you imagine a time in the future where... Indigenous, you know, relations and the whole role of the Indigenous community is not even an issue. Where no, no, I can't. And nor, and nor should it be. You know, we always need to be vigilant about issues of race and racism. We always need to be vigilant about issues of disadvantage and poverty and neglect. You can't over, overcome 200 plus years of, of neglect and suffering um, in a generation or two generations or three generations. The United States has been wrestling with the legacy of slavery or the dispossession of Native Americans. Still, it has fought a civil war and still it wrestles with it. It has put a black man in the White House and still black people are shot on the streets of America. So I can't imagine a time and I wouldn't want to imagine a time What I would like to see is a time when we are more open and frank about it, where we wrestle with this, where we face up to these challenges, and we don't just push it to one side and say it's all too hard. Do you think Australia needs something like they had in South Africa, the Truth and Reconciliation Commission, where things were acknowledged? Look, yeah, perhaps, perhaps. Context is everything. The the context of South Africa was different. Apartheid had, had been dismantled. The first black president had been elected. This was a country coming to terms with its past. The the white minority had ruled the black majority. The context was very different. Our history is different. The way we interact to that history is different. I'd like to see a greater awareness and greater understanding and a reckoning with our history. I'm concerned about anything, though, that could potentially be divisive. Mm. I'm concerned about anything that potentially forces people into their neutral corners. I think we need to bring people together. My only concern about something like a Truth and Reconciliation Commission it would be that it may not necessarily achieve the purpose that it was set up for. Now, as you know, many of our listeners are at university or just mm. finished uni. What was university like for you? Oh, it was, look, it was fantastic. It was an awakening for me, particularly being an Aboriginal student. There were a handful of other Aboriginal students on campus. It was the first generation really starting to push those boundaries. It was a time of learning. You know, I was pretty lazy as well, to be honest with you. (laughs) It was a time of sort of creeping into offices at sort of midnight and sliding an assignment under the desk of the lecturer to just make it before the cut-off time, Um, you know, hoping to get 51% and pass. So, look, I I wasn't by any means a stellar student, but I was learning about the world. It was an awakening. I was reading widely. I was having great conversations, and it's helped make me who I am. Who were your mentors growing up? Uh, Well, my mum and dad, first and foremost. My grandfather played a big part in my life. All my family really connecting me to who I was and my roots. Um, I found mentors outside of my family in books. You know, James Baldwin is a huge hero and influence on me. Um, 
later on in life, people like Gordon Briscoe, an Aboriginal historian, Marcia Langton, um, Indigenous academic, um, people uh, like Kerry O'Brien, Paul Lynham at the ABC, journalists who, senior journalists who took time out to help me and to, to nurture whatever talent I had. So I've had a lot of really important people in my life. Okay, and now I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, to uh, do the reverse journalism thing on you. Politics. Um, Is it going to happen, Stan? Mm, An exclusive for the co-op chat? Well, <laughs> uh, probably not, I would say. Um, I'm open to the idea and exploring the possibilities of it, but probably looking less likely by the day. Stan Grant, it's been my pleasure Great. to meet you and listen to you, and I look forward to seeing what happens next. Yeah, cheers. Thank you.